I think we should have some peel-out contests in the parking lot after church. That's actually one of our pastors on staff. That's his car. He really enjoyed making that video for this series. We're in a series called Summer Playlist. And we're looking at a particular book in the Old Testament called Psalms. Even people who never open their Bibles have probably heard of the book of Psalms. Psalms is just a collection of songs that showed up about a thousand years before the time of Christ. Most of them, uh, many of them, were written by the king of Israel, David, although there are plenty of other authors as well. So this summer we're going through and just looking at different psalms and seeing how they can apply to our lives. And today's psalm is about something that I bet every person in here has had to deal with. Every person in here has wanted what today's psalm is about. You've either wanted it or you actually did it. Or maybe today as I talk, you're going to feel like I've been reading your email or been listening in conversations in your house. Today's psalm is about revenge. We all have that feeling sometimes where I'm just going to get them back. Through the years, I have gotten involved in several uh, practical jokes, pretty elaborate ones. Uh, and when I get in a practical joke war with somebody, my goal is, uh, I, I tell them, I will not, your wife and kids are safe, but nothing else is. <laughs> I walk in my office one day at this uh, church I was working at many years ago, and, and I looked up and there were no ceiling tiles in my office. They were gone. And the, the pastor did it. He's the one that came in my office because he had a key to everybody else's office, but we didn't have a key to his office. And so I'm thinking, how am I going to get this guy back? Because there was no way I was going to let that rest. And I went for more than a week not knowing where my ceiling tiles were. It turns out they were hid hidden in the women's restroom. Somebody told me that. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to get this guy back? I'm literally sitting in my desk chair and I look up and realize I can crawl through the ceiling and get into his office. <laughs> His office is like three offices away from mine, and so I'm up in the rafters of this church building. I drop down inside of his office. This is a very different church than LifePoint because he had like leather furniture. It was really cool in there, and I took all of that furniture, and I pulled it downstairs to the first floor, and I put it in the nursing room, <laughs> and it stayed there for at least a week until he, I finally gave in. And I said, look, you are never going to play a practical joke on me, right? It's never going to happen again. And he vowed, I will never play a practical joke on you again. I have put somebody's house up for sale before. I have, I have actually, now I love Jesus, but if you mess with me, you know, it's a whole different thing. I, I actually put some livestock up for sale and gave a guy's phone number. And it just, this was back in the days of answering machine. And he was like, I got home and my answering machine was full. People wanting to buy the livestock that I didn't actually have for sale, but they thought I did. Getting revenge can feel really good. But what happens when we've been hurt? What happens when we've been betrayed? What happens when somebody did something that altered the direction of our life in a negative way and we start to feel like, well, I want you to feel what I feel, felt. You betrayed me, so I'm going to betray you, or I hope somebody betrays you. You hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. All of us deal with that. If you've been hurt, you have probably had the thought, 
Well, I hope that you somehow can feel what you've made me feel. That's what the topic is with this psalm that we're talking about today. It's written by King David. He's been hurt. He's been betrayed by friends. And he's struggling with this idea of revenge, of making sure somebody gets theirs. Doing it with practical jokes is one thing. But living a life where you're trying to get revenge on someone who hurt or betrayed you is no life at all. So we're going to start reading in Psalm 109. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. You can have that. You can borrow it. You can also read along on the screen. Psalm 109, beginning at verse 1, says this. O God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusations, even though I'm praying for them. They repay evil for good and hatred for my love. He's expressing, he's feeling bad about himself, and so he's expressing how he feels about the people who are mistreating him. He's putting himself in the position of having done nothing wrong, and yet he's been betrayed. He even feels so sorry for himself at the moment, he's asking, God, why aren't you doing something here? And if you've ever been hurt or betrayed or mistreated, you can get to a place where you're even questioning God's ability to work in your life. You're even questioning God's presence in your life. And that's what he's doing, saying, God, why are you standing silent while these people do what they're doing to me? I love them, they hate me. I pray for them, look what they're doing to me. And evidently, King David struggled with this a lot. He was betrayed several times. And so he starts to pray for these people in several different Psalms that he wrote. But he prays for them to God in a unique way. Here are just some of the prayers from some other Psalms that David prayed. Make their path dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. He's saying, hey, may they go down this dark and slippery path and they feel like they're being pursued. God, if you could do that, that'd be great. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the grave. Amen. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's praying and he's saying, God, if you could... Let them be buried alive. I would feel vindicated. And in Psalm 58, he says, oh God, break the teeth in their mouths. He's saying, God, if you could punch them in the face for me, I would feel better. I would feel like I was getting some revenge, God, if you could just take it upon yourself to punch them in the face. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not listed with the righteous. That's a very eloquent way to say, may they go straight to hell. Because he's saying, may, may, may they just be removed from the righteous. Now he's praying this for these people. And later in Psalm 109, he says, may his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Some scholars call these the cussing Psalms. Because if they were written today, they would have some bleeps and beeps and symbols in place of words 
These are prayers to invoke evil upon enemies. He's praying and saying, here are my enemies, God. I want you to do these bad things to them. And if we're honest with what we feel deep in our hearts, when we look at people we perceive as our enemy, we're hoping God does something bad to them. We're hoping God takes care of the ones who hurt us or want to hurt us. So God, if you could just wipe them off the face of the earth, that would be great. There's actually, if, if you're struggling with uh, re- wanting to get revenge on somebody, there's a website, and I hesitate to share this website because you're going to go to it, but it's called thepayback.com. Don't do it while we're in church, all right? Just get, put your phones away. But on thepayback.com, now I didn't click on a bunch of links, so I don't know where it's going to take you, but here's what thepayback.com says. Don't just think about it. Let them know what's on your mind. Have you always wanted to tell someone something but didn't know how to do it? Well, this is the perfect site for you. You can have a chance to get revenge on your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. Your current spouse lied to you about what he said? He said he would never cheat on you? Well, you know the saying, don't get mad, get even. Get revenge on the people who have done you wrong. And then there's a testimonial. Jessica says, I just wanted to thank you guys for providing such a great service. I wish I could have seen my ex's face when he got that box of dead roses. You guys made my day. I'm glad I got even with that jerk. More people need to know about this service, so I'm telling my girlfriends because I'm pretty sure they know some jerks too. Most guys are that anyway. Signed, Jessica. And she actually has her email there at the bottom of it. But you can send all kinds of horrible things to people from this website just so People can feel like they're getting revenge. They're getting back at the people who've hurt them. I'm assuming most people, if not every person in this room, has felt that hurt. And when we feel that hurt, we we tend to want to get people back. I know Jesus said, turn the other cheek. But if you punched me in the face, my first inclination is going to go, oh, you know, I forgive you. That's not the first. I'm just going to be honest. I, would, I might punch you back. I promise I would want to. And you would probably be the same way. If somebody did something to you, you're going to do something back. If your child comes home and says, hey, this guy keeps pushing me or this kid keeps pushing me and hitting me on the playground, you may not say it the first time, but eventually you're going to say what? Hit him back. Give him a dose of his own medicine. Maybe he'll shut up then. Maybe he'll stop then. Hit him back. So David is saying, oh, I pray for these people. I pray God knocks them in the teeth. I pray they get buried alive. I pray they die and their wife is a widow and their children are fatherless. He's dealing with revenge. While I was putting this message together, I found this old country song that is about revenge, about praying for somebody. It's about a guy whose girl left him and really hurt him. And so what he's telling her as she leaves is, honey, I'm going to pray for you. And he says this, I pray your brakes go out when you're running down a hill. I pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you in the head like I'd like to. I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls. I pray you're flying high when your engine stalls. I pray all your dreams never come true. Just know, honey, wherever you are, I'm praying for you. <laughs> Those are prayers from a hurt person, and that's what, that's what David is dealing with when he writes this song. 
He's a person who is hurt. He's been betrayed. And so he's lashing out, trying to get revenge. The same thing that we can do when somebody hurts us. Now, since you can't avoid being hurt, because that's part of life, at some point, everybody's going to be hurt. Everybody's going to be betrayed. And if you're in the middle of it now, you need to understand whether you are in the middle of it or you know it's coming at some point in life, you need to understand if you don't keep things in check, your life will not go in the direction it should. If you don't keep the hurt and the betrayal and the pain in check, a few things could happen in your life. If you're taking notes, write this down. Hurt people hurt people. People who have been hurt and they don't do anything about it to, to kind of practice forgiveness and they, they don't back up and say, okay, how can I live in spite of being betrayed, in spite of what happened? People who are seeking revenge and wanting to get their way and wanting to make sure they feel vindicated, they end up being people who hurt other people. So hurt people hurt people. We all know somebody. We all have a friend who said, I'm never going to love anybody again. I will never trust anybody again. I will never let myself get close to anybody again. See, hurt people, if they don't keep things in check, will end up hurting people. Hurt people also grow bitter. Every time I'm hurt or betrayed, I have a choice. I can learn from it and move on, or I can keep it deep inside and let it turn me towards bitterness. The book of Hebrews in the New Testament talks about this danger of bitterness springing to life in our lives. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 14. It says this, work at living at peace, in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. If you go to the doctor and he says, she says, watch out. If you don't stop this bad thing in your life, you're going to wind up in the hospital or worse. Well, you probably pay attention if you want to live and be healthy. If, if the doctor says, hey, you need to watch out. Well, you watch out. You be careful. You do what they say. And so here is God's word telling all of us, watch out. Because here's what happens when bitterness grows in your life. It's like, it's like a root. What, do, what does a root do for a plant? Well, it stores up water. It stores up nutrients. And it nourishes that plant. Well, what if it's bitterness that you're storing up? And where's your nourishment going to come from? What's going to spring up in your life? And he goes on to say, it will affect everything around you. Not only will it corrupt you if you live with bitterness, it'll corrupt those around you because it's like, it is a poison in our lives. So we end up wanting to get revenge because we've been hurt, because we've turned that into bitterness, because we think if that person gets theirs, then I'm going to feel better. I've felt that before. Well, if they endure some of what I've endured, maybe they're going to feel, maybe I'll feel better. 
So this study was done with two groups of college-age people who had been, said they'd been hurt and betrayed and lied to and mistreated. They were put into two different groups. One group was encouraged, go get revenge. Go make sure the person that hurt you is hurt. Go make sure something happens. The other group was told, don't do anything. So they surveyed both groups and they said, what do you think would happen if you got revenge? Everybody thought, both groups, we'll feel better. If we can get revenge on the person who hurt us, we're gonna feel better. The group that ended up feeling vindicated, feeling like they got some kind of revenge, temporarily felt great. But after the weeks and months went by, they ended up feeling worse than they did in the beginning. On the other hand, the group that just said, we're going to forgive, we're going to move on, we're not going to let this grow into our lives, and they made a conscious effort to move beyond the hurt that was in their life. When you look months down the road, the ones that got rid of it without seeking revenge felt better emotionally than the people who actually got revenge. So getting revenge won't get you where you think it's gonna get you. Getting the person back is not gonna get you to the place where you need to be. So how do you know if you're living with this bitterness in your life? How do you know if this hurt has turned into bitterness and it's troubling your life? How do you know that? Well, here's some questions to ask. Do I easily see the bad in others? You know, am I the one to point out somebody else's problems? Well, if you are, you might be dealing with some bitterness in your life. Do I feel justified in criticizing and gossiping about other people? Well, I'm not gossiping. I just want to share this prayer request with you that this person's doing. We can pray for them together. Or, well, it's not gossip. It's the truth. They're just a jerk. She's just a whatever. Do you feel justified in doing that? If so, maybe you're dealing with some bitterness growing up in your life. Do I secretly celebrate their misfortunes? Oh, she left you? That's too bad. Oh, you lost all that money? Oh, darn. I feel bad for you. But secretly inside, you're going, yes, finally. They got a taste of their own medicine. They feel what I felt. In any area, it's just good, I'm glad. So if those things, when I ask those questions, if you're like, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me, you need to be careful because bitterness is starting to grow in your life. And the more bitterness grows in me, the more it affects those around me. So what or who causes bitterness in your life? What makes you wanna pray prayers like David prayed? God punched them in the face knock out their teeth, wipe them off the face of the earth. God, get rid of them. Here, here's what St. Augustine, who was a fourth and fifth century church leader, said about those kind of prayers. They should pray, not that their enemies may die, but that they may reform. Then the enemies will be dead, since being reformed, they will be enemies no longer. And so the choice is, do I pray, God, get them, or God change them? What if we prayed, God change them? Yeah, we're enemies, but change them. Work in their lives in such a way that they understand me and work in my life so I understand them and we're no longer enemies. 
Which prayer do you think is going to move your life in the right direction? Not the one that says, God, get them. God, make them pay. That's not going to do anything but feed the monster of bitterness. And that's a really bold prayer. Jesus told us to pray for our enemies. Pray for those people who want to hurt us. That's a bold thing to do. But what if we did it? What if we actually prayed for God to change the people who have harmed us? See, there's a simple instruction to get bitterness out of our lives. Forgiveness kills bitterness. That's it. You want to get bitterness out of your life, that desire to get revenge, that desire to get somebody back, that negative feeling you have because somebody really did a number on you, Try forgiveness because it will kill the bitterness. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, instead of the prayer, God let him have it, he is saying... Pray that you get rid of the bitterness and replace it with something, and that's forgiveness. See, if you're at a place in life you can't forgive, and if you're wanting to get revenge, you haven't forgiven. If you're at a place where you can't forgive, you're opening yourself up to bitterness. And this verse also says, when I contemplate what God has done for me and the forgiveness he's given me, it shouldn't be hard to allow others the same benefit. And if you have a problem doing that, maybe bitterness is growing inside of you. And you might think, well, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what they said, what they physically did, how they treat you. don't understand that. And you just say, well, just forget it. Just forgive it and move on. Forgiveness never minimizes whatever offense was done to you. However, forgiveness does release the hold that person or persons have on you. By not forgiving, I am allowing the person who harmed me to continue to speak into my life. By staying bitter about what somebody did to me, I am allowing that person and that action to still speak into my life. And only by saying, I forgive it because of what Christ has done for me, I'm finished, I forgive it. Only then will you be free of what somebody else did to you. Until then, they're going to be right there in your life, providing fuel for the bitterness. One of my favorite authors and speakers is Christine Kane, and she says this, there comes a time when we have to decide if what Jesus did for us is bigger than what anyone has done to us. We have to decide what Jesus has done for us. Is that bigger than what someone has done to us? And when we get there, this idea of forgiveness that keeps bitterness and revenge out of our lives can really start to work. So when you see what God has done for you through Christ, that is what enables you to look at other people and say, I forgive. 
It never says what they did was okay. It just says it's not okay for you to be involved in my life anymore. And I'm just going to forgive and get the bitterness out and no longer live that way. So David, David struggled with this and he's writing it all down for us to see. And he ends Psalm 109, you can see kind of some light at the end of his revenge tunnel. You can start to see him think of things from a different perspective rather than God wipe him off the face of the earth. God get him back. God, you know, bust him in the face. God make this guy fatherless. You can see him shifting away from that, putting his attention back on God and being released of this bitterness. He says this at the end of Psalm 109. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced, but I, your servant, will go on rejoicing. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace. May their humiliation cover them like a cloak. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone, for he stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. He's starting to recognize God is the direction that will release me from bitterness, from unforgiveness. I don't want to be a hurt person who hurts people. I don't want to be a hurt person who turns bitter. And the way we get there is to get to know who Jesus is. Because knowing Jesus does not exempt you from being betrayed. It does not present, exempt you from being hurt. But knowing Jesus gives you the power and the understanding to release anyone of anything they've done to you. So they're not still speaking into your life. When you do that, you've taken a huge step to release bitterness and that desire to get revenge and hopefully see them get theirs will go away from your life. And even if you got revenge, it wouldn't get you where you needed to be. So I'm going to end with praying today. And I'm going to pray this prayer for you and over you. That if you're dealing with any of this stuff that Psalm 109 addresses, that you'll be able to take a step today and say, I'm no longer going to live in this direction and allow the person who hurt me to speak into my life. I'm finished with that. I'm going to experience forgiveness. I'm going to release the bitterness. I'm not going to let it grow up inside me. And I'm going to stop wanting them to feel what I felt. Let's pray. God, when we're hurt, we struggle with feelings of revenge and bitterness and Father, it's so easy for that to grow up into our lives. Even when we look out at our world, Father, we confess it's so hard not to be bitter towards the people who aren't like us. Father, I pray that you would just help every person here that's dealing with bitterness, with pain, with hurt. Help them to turn that towards forgiveness and away from revenge. And like David cried in the psalm we read today, God, may you deliver us. May those hurting today re release the people who've hurt them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.